There's no rules! Welcome back to the back porch of Franklin Bridge. It's the No Mulligans podcast. Scott Hassey and Jack Beard here on the mics, uh, along with our special guest here, which you can see on video if you're over on YouTube. Just a reminder to go to No Mulligans podcast on YouTube if you want to watch us. And uh, currently, we're overlooking the 18th green here, the island green at Franklin Bridge. At uh, sunset. On, at sunset on the eve of our U.S. Amateur qualifier. Dude, it's so big. The golf course looks so good right now. So Tate and I got to play uh, three holes with uh, one of our buddies just now, right before we came and filmed. And uh, that little collection area by 17, like right below the green, oh, yeah, yeah. it yeah. is carpet. It is know, absolute carpet right now. Well, and remember how bad number nine green was? Yeah. They're opening it back up for this event. For yeah. this event. And I think it's going to stay open going forward. Now, do you think that's going to be uh, – first of all, I want to ask, what's the condition of number nine right now? And two, it's incredible. do you think that will be something that plays into the tournament tomorrow? We, we need to show it um, – Or the qualifier, excuse me. Yeah, we need to show the image. I need to send it to Tate so he can post it. But, like, the before and after of this thing is absolutely – I mean, incredible. It just never got any it time. It got. It never got any time to heal when it first, uh, you know, came in. Look at that. Oh my that goodness. Was, that's six weeks, I think. Yeah, that's great. Like, and if, for those of you who are uh, listening to this right now, it's on our YouTube and it's laid over right there. So perfect plug to yeah. go check us out there. I'm gonna send this over to Tate right now. So perfect, uh, Jack. What are we doing today? Yeah. Well, we are joined here with uh, first of all. He is his own entity in his own right, an amazing human being in his own right. But this is uh, Scott, or Scooter, as you guys know, is our club fitter here, and we had him on the podcast a couple, uh, uh, well, a couple, couple months, months ago. ago. Yep. Uh, but this is Scott's protege, but he is just as much his own entity as Scott is. This right. guy is a world-class golfer. Uh, he knows what he's doing in the shop. He can get you right if you feel like your clubs are not treating you so good. Uh, so I will say... I don't know any of your accolades, but the club I, I'm sure incredible. they're. I mean, I've heard about it a little bit. I just don't know them off the top of my head. Bad, uh, bad host right here. But it's uh, uh, Dustin Thomas, everyone. Dustin Thomas. Yeah, great to be here, guys. Um, it's been great the last few months being here at Franklin Bridge. Um, you know, the welcoming has been incredible. We've been Dude. super busy. Oh yeah. People are flowing in. Like even today, I ended up with like four lessons and or fittings, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, a bunch of club work. The whole nine yep. yards, but it's been it's been incredible. How about the new facilities too yes. that you're working out of? The, sh the shop great. is yeah. second to none. I mean, I, I bring my boys in here yeah. and just to show them, and they're like, "This is a kid's playground. This <laughs> is better. This I'm is better in. than a lot of the private clubs in the and area." One of the guys brought his wife's, and she literally had to drag him out of there. Yeah, yeah. We had been like, there for an hour and a half, just looking at shafts and clubs and everything you could imagine, and he he was like. I need a whole new set. And I'm like, you actually don't, but it's just because you're in here right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it's neat. I was in there. Uh, they didn't have any fittings going on on the putter side. So, like, I stepped in and, and did a putting lesson in the putting studio. And, like, I'm in there, and he's got two new, like, club repair orders that just walk in. I was like, okay, well, he's going to be busy this afternoon. Dude, not only that, but, like, I think what's so cool about Franklin Bridge is that it's a golf club that's centered around the game rather than when you get, like, 
an old like a, a, a stereotypical country club, which is more of like the social club aspect, and golf's just a part of it, right? And so I think that's so, what's so cool is all of our members just gravitate around this game, and the fact that you're here and Scooter's here, like helping us out with getting the game right from the club standpoint. I think that's a service that is rarely offered at golf courses. Yeah, I feel right now, um, not to like name drop, but I feel like we're hitting a market that's directly in between what would be like a golf club or a Hillwood, Bellmead, yeah. thing like that, where it's it's kind of uppity golf, but also at the same time, we're not a troubadour, which is pure just partying, Yeah, but we're still focused on a lot of fun, Yes, but we have... We have so much better, like, Troubadour doesn't really have fitting facilities. It doesn't mm. have a putting lab. It doesn't have, hey, I broke my 8-iron, let me go get it fixed. You don't have a site. massive teaching team that's, exactly. like, you don't have... The quad, the track man, right. the studio, everything is down so there, I too. So, think, I think what is being built here is kind of the best of those both worlds, mm. is you, and you're merging here in the middle. 100%. But, you know, speaking of the merging in the middle, it's been neat to, like, have a number of our students, like, go over and get fit. And, like, I had a guy in there that I remember texting Scott and Dustin. I was like, I know this guy doesn't have the right club. Like, I've got him swinging the way I want. The path face attack angle numbers are fantastic. And he's not hitting it anywhere close to where he is. And Dustin fit him, like, a week or two ago. Then we got the club in. Then kind of get did back and came back and did a little retest. And it's like, he doesn't charge extra for that, right? It's like, hey, I just want to make sure it's right. Yeah. And so – we got and the guy had just bought his driver. I was like, "Oh, dude, I'm sorry, but like, you're not even close." So yeah. we got him fit, <laughs> got the new driver in, and picked up how many yards? And Dustin so, did the fit. So it's originally, um, don't blow your mind. The guy came in. I mean, he is the most muscular human I've ever met. Also, he is a huge dude. And you're talking very. I mean, just. If you can think about strength, he's it. He, does he got? Does he have club head speed? N- not at the moment, but we're working on it. Sure, sure. Um, he, he actually holds, which is crazy. I'm going to brag on him a little bit. He's actually, in his age group, 40 to 50, he holds the Tennessee State deadlifting record. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, this dude is a beast. He's so huge. So when he gets it, when he figures this out, it's going to be incredible. Yeah. But he came in, and he was like, I really like this Titleist driver. I want to order it. I, I'm going to, but I don't know what shaft to do it. Um, and so I ended up fitting him. We got him into a, a club. But at the beginning, of the, the beginning of the fitting, his best drive was like 242. Today, we... That's as good as he could hit it. Yeah, the best yeah. one. As good as he could hit it. The best numbers we could get it with what he had. Um, we had it at 242. Today, he came back to test what we fit him for. And the best was 282. Nice. Oh, 40 my yards. God, yeah. And his, and his average drive was 275. Yeah, was 273 was five yards longer. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, it's really neat to do the combo of, like, the instruction. I was like, I got him where as far as I can get him. And because of his size, we've talked about hitters on. I got no. Oh, there All we right, go. We're back. We're Come back. On. Okay. Tate just cut that so you guys didn't have to hear your ears bleed. <laughs> so, um,. But it's like, so he's in a different category of swinging the golf club. Like, he's not going to rotate. It's all going to be out of his chest and his arms. And so, like, getting him into out, like, Dustin was able to continue, like, to make sure, like, hey, nope, that's not the motion you're working on. Like, get over there. Yeah. And then to get the fit timed up with it, it's like, that's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's done on the tour, right? Like, you've got the instructor. You've got the physical therapist. You've got the club fitters all working together towards what they need. What I thought was the best part about that whole fitting was not to say that me and you are on the same wavelength teaching that we probably are not, but I've only seen him swing twice. Has he's been working with him for a long time? 
he came into me today and I started working. I was like, hey, I, I want you to do this. And Hassie walks by and he was like, that's literally what we've been working on. And we had not even pre-talked about it. That's so cool. So we were yeah, literally yeah. like mixing it, the same, the same lingo right to him to then all of a sudden start gaining 40 yards overall. The biggest stat was he went from carrying it like 220 to now carrying it around the 260 number, which nice. that is the big thing. For because sure. now he can carry some things that he used mm-hmm. to not be able to, which is a big thing. And I mean, especially par fours, par fives, where he's got to carry water or something. Totally. Well, which I think is a perfect segue here into talking about you and how talented of a golfer you actually are as well. Because I think that that's what a lot – I'm hesitant to go to anybody else but the people here to get my game right. Because if I go to another big box retailer or somebody else, like, I don't know how good you actually are, right, when you're making my clubs, right? Like, there's – and I think that's the benefit about coming here is you have somebody like Scott Wilkerson who's been on the tour for over 20 years. Have you, who is an uh, insane golfer who knows what the golfers need, right? So I'd love to spend a little bit of time talking about you, your golf journey, and uh, how many course records do you have? At this point? So, currently, I only have two that I know of. Okay. But, um, Over one, the course. But one of them is TPC Deer Run, where they just no. hosted the John Deere <laughs> Classic. <laughs> so Props to that. That's incredible. For, for amateurs. That's it sweet. May, it may have fallen, but the last that I knew was I had Scott check it when he was up there. Yeah. It was still there. Well, <laughs> that's incredible. That's like those, those courses have, like the really top end, separate out. PJ Tour from from amateurs, which is really neat. Yeah, so I think what I shot was 66 that day, and the PJ Tour is 59. Now, granted, we <laughs> played it in late April, early May, Chicago type weather, yeah. cold and wet. They're playing it hot and firm. It's you sh- it's still I still don't understand those seven more strokes. <laughs> I know you're like, like where I don't, I don't know where from? I don't know where those came from. <laughs> no, it's it's really neat. Like our entire team is incredibly talented across the board and so like Elijah's a great player for him to be on the golf course like Dustin's got a background in caddying and great playing and coached by Wilkerson as well so talk about that experience a little bit like that's kind of where you and Scott got connected right was in the coaching yeah so um I originally signed to play golf at Tennessee Tech um, in Cookville. I didn't even apply to go to school anywhere else. Um, the person who ended up teaching me how to play golf, Bobby Nichols, he was the coach at Tech. He passed away. Um, couldn't even couldn't go there anymore. It wasn't a possibility with them bringing in a new, new coach. They were also uh, going to limit the team. They granted Bobby 15 players because he had been there for so long. Um, but So they shrank it down to eight said, hey, you need to find somewhere else in a much nicer way than that, but kind of alluded that, hey, you're, yeah. you're probably not going to be on the team. So. Oh, that happens so often, dude. I had that happen with a player recently, a big coach change, and she's she can't play her, her fifth year. It's like, gosh. What? Like, yeah. So and, and she's like six seven on the team. It's like, what? Yeah. So what happened was Scott was at Bobby Nichols' funeral because he played for Bobby. Um, and I met him there in passing, kind of just wasn't thinking anything about it. About three or four days later, it hits me. It's like, hey, he said he coached college golf. I'm going to reach out. I didn't have any of his numbers, but I found his email online. I sent him an email, and I just told him my story. And he said, well, if you're good enough for Bobby, then you're good enough for me, but I'd love to see you play. 
So I went up and played with him the next day. And so this is like four days after the funeral. Now I'm playing with Scott. Um, I played, I think I played pretty well. Front nine was awful. Back nine was great. Finally got like not nervous. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trying to play for my way to college. And he sits there and goes, hey, I, I don't have a full ride to give you, but I'll give you half. And if you play good, I'll give you full for a second semester. Are you in? I said, where do I sign? And he had already brought the papers. So I signed That's that day. That's all so good. Had never seen the school, nothing. <laughs> He's like, do you want to see it? I said, I'll see it the first day. We'll be all right. That's and, so good. But I love that just because that, story. that like, I think that right there is like the perfect like seed that was sown that day for like y'all's relationship that's gotten to now. Yeah. It's like, so how, so how like, give us time period. Like when was that? So that was April of 2008. And so okay. school started in the middle of August. I mean, there was no time passed. You know I mean? We had a, yeah. it had to happen fast. It was lucky yeah, yeah. that he had the scholarship. I was in my junior funds. year of college. As you were going into your freshman year. Yeah. So was, um, I didn't realize y'all were that close in age. Yeah. How old are you? 33. I'm 36. 25. <laughs> <laughs> we are the old ones here, bud. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, like, so how can you trust somebody that you really haven't met? And he fully put his trust in me to come exactly. be a part of the team. Um, so I was forever grateful for that and just worked my tail end off for him and he could see it and our bond kind of grew really quickly after that. Man, I think that's just really cool to see just because you can see that trust already built like on the first day right there. Like the fact that he brought the papers and the fact that you were so nervous through that first nine because you really wanted to impress him, right? So like, we're basically 15 years, too, at this point. Yeah, like so from 15, 15 years wow. we've known hey, each other. When's our 15-year anniversary? All right, we got, a, we got a ways to go, bro. <laughs> we got, what, we're, we're on three right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's been better part of my whole you know, adult life. I mean, yeah. he's been there. That's cool. so, I mean, quite literally, right? Yeah, like exactly. 18. 18, away from home, and he's kind of the person I'm talking to the most every day. Yeah. There was one other guy named Jim Griffin who was awesome and kind of molded me, but to have the both of those guys, Scott was just such an influence, though, to really just keep pushing me into golf. He saw more in me than I saw in myself at the time. Yeah. You know, it's it's really neat to see, like, just to hear that reminds me of some of my relationships with other men and women in my life that have, like, helped bring me along. And... Those types of people you never forget, right? We all we all have one or two of those, and it's part of who we are, right? It's part of why we do the podcast the way we do, and it's you have some people that come along, and it's I think everybody needs like an extra like father figure or mother figure in their life that isn't their parents. No matter how good your parents are, you need like some other people along the way to latch onto that like see in you and like believe in you, and they challenge you, yeah, and they push you in ways that are different than your parents yeah because they come from a completely different background their right. their experiences are so much different in their right. way of life and how they handle situations is so much different if you can find i mean he's just been the the greatest friend that i could possibly have yeah. um and I, i've jokingly told him that he's going to be in my wedding for forever <laughs> and he's like i'm not going to be in your wedding i'm gonna be like the oldest guy there i'm like i don't care you he's going to be wearing his same usd mama yeah. button down. maybe, maybe he can walk you down the aisle you know he, he might as well at that point <laughs> but yeah he, he it's that you'll important have to make to sure he doesn't forget the rings like he'll, we will leave him somewhere he, he that guy's <laughs> brain is everywhere and i understand it 
That's the way Hank was too. Which is Dustin, cool. do you think that there was like a time? Because I know that we were talking and we talked just now uh, about joking about him being in your wedding. We were talking before the podcast about some of the experiences afterwards where you guys have been <laughs> friends. Now, I'm curious because there's obviously a transition, right, between him being coach and him being a friend, and we kind of talked a little bit about a little bit about that. Can you take us through like those first three years of your college career where he actually was coach and some of the some of the lessons that he taught you or stories that you might have about him not only being a great friend but a great coach as well? The, the first three years were so much different than the last year. Um, the last year, you know, I mean, it was I, I took way too many hours, kind of got away from golf just trying to get finished. Um, so I didn't get to see him as much as I would have liked to in that last year. I ended up doing an internship at Seymour. That was 400 hours. So that was a greater part of my senior, my last semester senior year. I also took 20 hours on top of that 400 just so I could graduate. So the golf course was rarely seen. I pretty much just showed up for tournaments. But the first three years was kind of kind of crazy. And, like, I was teetering on that five to six line, but somehow I, I kept making it in tournaments. And I went to every event. But, like, I'd always be on the cuss. But he always kept saying, like, hey, we're, you're going to click. And he kept telling me you're going to click. Um, really had this faith in me that at some point it was going to – start happening and those then, words matter so much completely agree like, you're going to click yeah and it has to come from a place of knowledge not like just trying to make you feel good and, and like coming from a it. specific person yeah. as well, well right. it means nothing from the wrong person it, right it, right if it would have came from a normal coach i don't think i would have really i'd be like okay well he's just coaching me coming from a guy who's been on the pj tour and seeing guys click every day and he's like you're close to clicking that was the big kicker. Um, so that was like a big coaching. He really fed into me positivity. Ended up having some good good finishes. Won a few times. And then freshman year, that's when I set that course record at TPC. There was, I mean, there was so much coaching in that, even that spring semester that I, I forgot more than I, you know, I could ever imagine. But he was just instrumental. It was crazy. He taught me um, – a lot of faith in myself. There's a lot of times where I was afraid to, to go deep. Um, that's kind of something that me and Hassie have talked about. You can't really teach that, but you can push people and hope that they understand it. He definitely did that a lot of times. And you can put them in an environment where they have the chance to learn it. Or uh, or fail safely. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, and he, he was very good about just being there at the at the right times. Um, letting me figure it out on my own, but also every so often, I mean, you're, as a coach, you're supposed to know the, the shots on the course that are going to be tough for the kid. He was very aware of being there right at the same exact time that I was most likely going to need that help on that shot. That's now, the way, that's the way my coach was in college too. Like we had a similar experience with that. It's like, there are certain guys you just need to leave alone for pretty much everywhere except for like, right there. Yeah, right. I mean, it was like five shots around that he yeah. knew I would struggle with, but he could talk me into hitting it better. Yeah. Now, I know we've talked about Scott Wilkerson a lot, but and, and I know you're so humble of a guy, you're not going to talk about yourself in that way. But what did that mean to you? How how did that how did what he did affect you and who you are today, who you were as a golfer back then and and how that translates to today? It was my when I grew up playing travel baseball, my dad was like my coach, um, he was a third base coach, hosted our team. We had kids from like Nashville, Cookville, Knoxville, and we were very, we, we were very successful. But 
it was always like from those guys in that realm were very like complimentary of my baseball. So I never had to like worry about, oh, I'm good. In golf, there was not a single person ever that, I mean, there's one, Greg White, my swing coach in Crossville, who really helped me. He was like, hey, you're an athlete, you're going to be good. He was kind of the only one, but I'm like, I'm paying him for lessons. He's going to tell me, like, hey, you're good. The first person to really believe in me was Scott, and that was, um, I mean, I think I called my mom, like, crying. I mean, I was like, this is the first guy that actually believes, and that was huge. That's great. Yeah, that is great. I, who? And it's who's, funny. Who's that? Not necessarily golf-related. Who's that person for you? It's so hard because I've got such a big ego as far as like I'm gonna figure it out like it's gonna be me like and I feel like it's really hard for me to do that I would say um I have one person in my life who's been like one my best friend from probably eighth grade probably still through to today we've seen each other less over the last five years but it's like I know that when I call him he will pick up and the conversation will pick up right where it left off like no time passed he's that guy for me that i can call with no judgment but i'd say hassy like you're you're definitely up there my yourself no but i I say that in a in a in a legitimate way because dustin was talking earlier just about growing that confidence within like an environment and i was with you and probably one of the lowest times of my life in golf and being so good at the game or like progressing from nothing to now has really rebuilt my confidence in my life too. So I owe you a lot for for that because golf has taught me a lot and I think golf has saved my life in a few ways too. So I'd say that you're definitely up there for me. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I think that's one of the reasons why we do what we do. I mean, it's, it's a community. It's funny just to kind of hear his story. I'm like, that so fits like the bridge, right? And as I asked you the question, I'm like, crap, Jack's probably going to ask me to answer the same question. I don't know that I can answer it. Um, I would say that person for me was in college. I just I I was so afraid of the guy. My freshman, sophomore, and junior year, I was like I'm so intimidated by, intimidated by this guy. Like he's like the the like dad of the entire athletic department, and he's been there. He played three sports. He's got all these records at the school, and like his faith is really important. So you're like he's like this ominous figure you're like who are you like I'm kind of afraid of that connected with him my senior year right before I left my junior year for summer I was like man his name's Fody and like that was huge like my senior year is probably oh, the I've most heard that fruitful, name before yeah yeah my, the most fruitful year for me was that senior year I'm like I'm an idiot like if I had started this back in my sophomore year things would have been a whole lot different and I think now for me Brooks is that figure for me here and so like Yes, I had Hank along the way the whole time, but like the actual belief in me to do it was I didn't get that from Hank. I think it's a cool relationship too for you because Brooks is your boss as well. So the fact that that is a legitimate relationship that's also a working relationship, I think that's even cooler. And that's hard to find. Well, I think Scott's kind of that. Yeah. For you now. Yeah. And he, he is. And that's part of like. To, to circle back to the friendship, like that transition we made was after we were we were sitting, and he may or may not like me sharing this story, but I'm going to share it with you. Um, we were sitting at one conference my junior year. Um, I shot 66, the final round, win by one. Um, and we, go to, we get to go to nationals, and we were sitting there kind of 
he he planned a whole trip where we would go up earlier and we got to go watch a cub series and you know hanging out with your coach with became now my friend in that three days where we're sitting there watching cubs baseball and going to going to like bars and getting popcorn because they serve the best popcorn at these bars and getting anything and pizza you name it we're pigging out for three days was it in wrigleyville by chance Probably some of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we rode one of those bikes. You know, the guy pedals oh, you yeah, down. Yeah. I mean, we rode that every day. I mean, this was this was an incredible experience for you know a twenty one year old. That's yeah. such a Scott Wilkerson thing to do to hop in the back of one of those. Well, we were walking. And we're like, man, bike. we're not doing this. And he, we were like, how much is it? And he was like, ten dollars. We're like, we're in. I just handed the guy ten dollars. I was like, we're doing it. Oh. I was like, we're not walking. We're gonna walk the next week at you know the course. That's funny. But uh, it, it it blossomed from there, and we just sat there and. The practice round, he could see I was really, like, struggling mentally with a lot of things, um, family, relationships, you name it. And he knew that I needed to get my game to a point to where I could compete at nationals. And he w- sat me down after dinner, and we sat in the room, and he said, we're no longer coaching friend or coaching, I'm, and you're my kid. This is friend to friend. How can I help you? And we probably had a three-hour talk where we barely slept. I mean, we probably talked till two or three in the morning, and able to just open up about every anything and everything. And he was an open ear, and then a good, good person, like good responses, good openness to do it. And then the next day, like go out there and be like, "Hey, man, are you okay?" And was checking on me and was like, and it came completely. It wasn't a coach asking if I was okay. And in that, like, little moment, our friendship twisted. And I think that was when – now it was not coach-player. It was – we're really good friends. He knew everything about me. That's so cool. And just hearing you say that, like, affirms what I already believe about him. Because I've I've met Scott Wilkerson – I mean, of course I've seen him. But, like, I've we've sat down and had – we've had, like, a proper conversation probably three or four times. Right. But every single time I drive by, I go, Scooter, what's up? And he goes, hey, buddy. Like he just like he, yeah. he's that guy like all the time. And it's like he's a friend. Right. Yeah. And I think that's just really cool when you can have somebody who is open and honest enough about their own feelings to be able to give that to somebody else. Right. I think that's so cool. Well, it's, it's interesting. <clears throat> when I first came up here, like my email is Scott H at FranklinBridgeGolf.com on purpose. Like nobody else has their last name initial on their email because we had anticipated potentially Scott coming on uh, as a part of the team and Brooks wanted to clear everything with me first he's like you're my first guy to bring up here to build it to where we want to build it to to take it where it need to bring in other people to do things that you really aren't your best at doing you don't enjoy doing like we got to bring in great people right but like the dangerous part about that around the tour and getting to be around Hank and seeing this and like you're getting to be around Scott. Like, there's a lot of big egos that are like, look at me. I Look at how much I know. And in the first, and you know how quick I read people, right? In the first, like, 30 seconds around Wilkerson and Brooks when I first met him, I was like, he's the right guy if we can get him. I don't even know if we can get him. Like, I know he's friends with Brooks, but, like, to yeah. pull a guy that's been on the tour for 20 years? Like, how, how do you get a guy like that? But I was like... But doesn't yeah, I was, act like I was he's so refreshed tour. by that, and like every industry has this, right? Like you have everybody trying to toot their own horn. You got your own Instagram stuff, and it's like it's why I try to do most things through the FBPI and just a little bit on our personal. But it's just like 
everybody's like, look at me, look at me, I gotta protect me. I was like, that's why it's the Franklin Bridge Performance Institute, not the Scott Hassey, not the Scott Wilkerson, not the Dustin Thomas, not the No Mulligans Golf School. Like, it's not, it's, it's the Franklin Bridge Performance Institute. We have great people who are great at their job. Like, and Wilkerson, I didn't get that vibe off of him, and I was so refreshed by that because being around it, it's just like, it seems to be like seven out of out of eight or seven out of ten guys it's just like uh, you know what's even uh, crazy about that too is like with franklin bridge here and dustin i don't know if you felt this this is kind of how i feel about the bridge is it like it seems like when everybody's here everybody got in and everybody who you know the our original members here got in at such a crucial time to where all the egos feel like and of course i'm saying in generality right but all the egos have almost been swallowed and it's like hey this is like our place to like let loose and hang out Rather than it being like a me, me, me kind of deal. And I think that's why I love the bridge is because like the focus is on is on the golf and the community rather than in the individuals. It and feels Brooks like. makes it so much about all of us. Right. Like he wants right. us to shine. Right. And I sent him a message this week uh, when I was submitting payroll. I was like, you know, so proud of the team that we have here. And like, you know, Dustin and Scott are kind of in their own space in a lot of ways. But it's like Brooks. You've got the U.S. Amateur Qualifier, and for a public facility to get that after it's only been owned for yeah. less than five years from the the negative press, oh that, my like God, how yeah. heavy that negativity was about the place. Dustin, I wish you could have walked into the clubhouse at the old spot. So I played you, here back a couple times when 18 so was the par five. You had to hit over oh, the houses. Yeah, 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 yeah. There'd be like scrambles. I wouldn't even come down here unless there was like a chance to win cash. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Unless I was coming down here to like for something, I wasn't yeah, yeah. coming down here. I mean that, and that was like my thought process. And then two years ago, my buddy calls me and he's like, "Hey, I got a Saturday like ten o'clock tea time. Um, let's let's go out and play." And so I show up and I got a beer, a hot dog, and like my round. And all that, and the price was great, and a warm-up bucket, and it was for one price. Everywhere else you go, it's a... it's a Ding, 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 ding. Exactly. And I was like, this is all together. We need to start coming out here more. And immediately, it flipped. You know, I went from being like, let's not go out there to we need to be going out there more. Well, and I've even heard some people look at, like, that don't play here on the regular, but they do play here. They're not members. They're like, man, it's gotten really... Expensive on the price. I yeah, was like, like, if you go and play everywhere else and get all the stuff that you get for, like, you got to pay for your warm up bucket. Hold on, you got to. It includes your cart. It includes your warm up bucket. It includes, includes your, your lunch, lunch. It includes a beer. It includes eighteen holes of premium golf. Right. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, for like uh, the public went, price, it's not even that bad. If you went to another public facility, you'd actually end up spending more than you're spending here. Hundred percent. So I don't. I don't mean to throw anybody experience. on the bus, but I went to Gaylord recently. And I tried to buy a bucket of balls pre-round. It was $20. <laughs> that's where bucket. Yeah. That's where range balls are going. I though. was like, I've just paid $90. Off of mats and a short range. Yeah, I was like, I just paid $90. Yeah. And it's 20 bucks to get the, the warm-up. And they're like, yeah, I was like, not doing it. And then I walked to the bar, and it was like, hey, I'm trying to get a sandwich. It was like $14. It's like, yeah, not doing it. I'm just going to eat <laughs> later gonna tonight. I'm just going to starve. <laughs> exactly. I'll have a pizza. Uh, it, it's yeah. going to be okay. I'll yeah. make it. But, oh like, Brooks has made all those things. And so I told Brooks, I said, hey, like, this is this is about you this time. I know you make it about everybody else, but, like, be proud of what you've done to, and the hard work that you put in to be able to bring special events here. For sure. And the work that Adam's done 
off of a terrible winter and a terrible fall from a weather standpoint. Everywhere in the everywhere in Tennessee struggled, and we are thriving right now. Like Brooks and Adam together working to get this place where it needs to be. And I said, you're going to notice, like Brooks and I notice all the little errors that we can make better. I said, don't pay attention to those things. Be proud of the work that you've done. We need to pat you on the back a little bit once in a while. Like this is your yeah. day. Be yeah. proud of it. <laughs>